Welcome back to Harmonize Your Life Conversations on Self-Care for Women of Color podcast with your host, Dr. Tony G. Alvarado. We're glad to have you back this week as we continue our conversations around self-care, health, wellness in season seven of the Harmonize Your Life podcast. Thank you for tracking with us and thank you for uh, being here this week and being a part of um, another intriguing conversation. I know that our um, conversation today will be a blessing to your life. So just stay with us and we'll be right back after this. Well, all right. Well, we have in the podcast studio with us this week, Dr. Alicia Lola Jones. I want to introduce her to you. Joan Skinner. <laughs> I want to introduce her to you and then we will begin our conversation for this week. Uh, Dr. Alicia Lola Jones Skinner is an associate professor in the music department at the University of Cambridge in the UK. Uh, she is a board member of the Society for Ethnomusicology, a member of the Strategic Planning Task Force for the American Muse Music Musicological Society, and co-chair of the Music and Religion section of the American Academy of Religion. Additionally, as a performer scholar, she consults museums, conservatories, seminaries, and arts organizations on curriculum live and virtual event programming and content development. Dr. Jones's book, Flaming the Peculiar Theopolitics of Fire and Desire in Black Male Gospel Performance, breaks, uh, breaks ground by analyzing the role of gospel music making in constructing and rene renegotiating gender identity among Black men. Dr. Jones's book has been awarded the 2020 2021 Ruth Stone Music, uh, Ruth Stone uh, Music in American Culture, and Philip Brett Prizes. Her research interests extend to global pop music, musics of the Amer African diaspora, music and food, the music industry, and the marketplace, and anti-oppressive ways of listening to Black women. A little-known fact is that Dr. Alicia Lola Jones and her sister, Reverend Angela Maria Jones, are co-owners of the Paradise Media Group, a Black women-owned radio company based in Oxford and Henderson, North Carolina. Welcome, Dr. Alicia. So <coughs> Welcome to, to our podcast here. conversation this week. Thank you for having me. I so admire you and the space that you create for other women. And I'm just happy to be in the number. Thank you so much for this, this conversation. This is a long this is conversation, right? Yes, yes, this is, yes. This is, this is long overdue. Yes. I admire you too and the work 
uh, that you are doing um, and just the work that you've done as a music ethnomusicologist and yeah. the work that you do um, in just with with um, womanist theology and just what you do to uplift our community through music and your scholarship and your writing. You know, my husband just loves you. My son adores you and my daughter. All of my musical family loves loves you and appreciates your work. Oh, awesome. I appreciate your family. I Even as we were preparing to to record and, and, and have our conversation, the music that was permeating your home really does trickle, trickle into how you show up in the world. There's a musicality uh, that comes from your family and how they engage folks. So thank you. Yeah, when uh, before we came on, um, my son was practicing. Um, he's going to be playing for, um, standing in for one of his professors that was asked to play for um, um, a um, an artist, um, a classical artist that's coming to our area in uh, middle Georgia. And um, his professor um, could not do it. And he recommended Jonathan uh, to do it. And so I'm just like, wow, that's just... Ready in season and out of season. Yeah. And, um, and you know, he'll be finishing up his uh, master's degree in music. And one of the things I love um, is listening... Um, Every now and then, listening to him play the piano, listening to him practice, it just you can hear it all over the house, and just the sound of the piano through the house just it's something about it that lifts our spirit. And my daughter sings, she's at uh, Ohio State University uh, in a conducting program there. And so, listening and watching her, um, one of the things that really, um, when, um, when the pandemic hit. And she was at Spelman and had to come home and finish her last year at home. And to I really got a chance to experience her music um, mm -hmm. as she was preparing for her uh, senior recital and uh, getting ready. And she had uh, she was on the board of the um, the HBCU National HBCU Choir, and she had to do a lot of um, uh, during that time. They had to do a lot of singing virtual. Uh, singing, and so they were doing all of these recordings, and um, and still today, Ariel, every every now and then, whenever that video uh, is shown of the um, HBC, the National HBCU Choir singing, um, the, I lift every voice and sing, and it's it's all over, and everybody's playing it, and people will send me screenshots. Oh, look who I saw today, and um, but I remember when she was preparing for that. And to hear her singing around the house, it's something about it that lifts the spirit, just, you know, the music. And that's what I want to talk to, uh, today about. Um, our topic today is I sing because the role of music and self-care. Mm. And you and I had some discussions offline. And um, and so I, that, I want us to talk about that whole month. The month of May is National Mental Health Month. And so I want to kind of look at it from that perspective as well. What music yeah. does lift the soul, what it does to rejuvenate the mind, the body, the whole experience of, of, of our lives. Oh, I think it's a, a great, um, a great topic. I, you know, as I reflected on our time together, I thought of 
how important it was to be a vocalist for me as a music scholar. I went to conservatory, went to divinity school, found myself in a graduate program, a doctoral program. And I, um, after conservatory, I kind of turned away from uh, pursuing music full time um, because I wanted to get a sense of what my calling was and how it was defined as um, Alicia's talent. I was a, I'm a preacher's kid. Both of my parents are ministers, uh, mm -hmm. Reverend Dr. Alvin and Reverend Dr. Martha Jones. Um, and so as preacher, preacher's kids, um, we often um, realize that our life is not our own. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I wanted to know what my life was musically. Um, and so I remained musically involved and tried to continue it through doctoral, uh, my doctoral program. And there came a point where a non-Black advisor um, told me that I needed to put my academic cap on and um, stop taking voice lessons. Wow. And I get what they were trying to get at. It's just the means was incorrect and, and culturally irrelevant. Okay. Um, it was such a stressful uh, involvement and pursuing doctoral work it does, you know, uh, often involve stress. Mm -hmm. um, and music, vocal music was, um, a stress reducer for me, you know, okay. breathing deeply, emoting, finding literature and music that resonated with me that um, I enjoyed, that I thought was beautiful, mm -hmm. um, those pleasurable components. Um, and uh, it was my lifeline. Unfortunately, um, I did back off of vocal participation a little bit. Okay. And as soon as I did that, my health suffered that wow. deep breathing that was the glue for me mm -hmm. um, my blood even changed um and ever since that moment dr alvarado um and since i have become a professor myself mm -hmm. um, i don't touch the musical lives of my students um that is not african that is not mm -hmm. african-american mm -hmm. and i try to encourage them to pursue the music that brought them to this space. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, I don't think there needs to be that separation. And in fact, as, as you suggested the title of this podcast, it's a lifeline. It really is. It really is. And so when you, in, in your work as a, um, an ethnomusicologist, yeah, yes, yes. I love that term. I mean that word, and I, I started. I was practicing it to make sure I would say it correctly it all the time. Am and I saying it right? Yes, ma'am. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So you, so you're growing up in the church. You're growing up um, in a musical, uh, a creative family. Mm -hmm. Inspired you uh, to go into this work. Yes, yes. Um, my mom sings. She uh, uh, has a sort of operatic uh, approach to, to singing. And she says that my grandmother, who died shortly before I was born, she says, so did my grandmom. Actually, my grandmom, whose name is Lola, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, she moved to Chicago, I believe, to uh, pursue music study mm-hmm. um, for a bit in her life. Um, mm-hmm. So there's a little full circle there with me eventually getting to Chicago, your home city, yeah. um, to study music. Uh, but yeah, I heard my mom uh, singing at church and in the home. My dad um, was a trained journalist, um, working in radio and television, doing production around various music artists, uh, um, helping with their touring um, arrangements. And so um, I heard the the live sorts of music in the home and in church, but then also listening to Black radio was just wow. such an important part, like active listening to the radio, um, talking about the lyrics, talking about the story behind the song, yeah. the of how that song came about. Yeah. Um, those listening practices were a huge part of my development and, um, yeah, it's it's the way we a way we have music education. And you know, something you said, listening practices. Um, I wanted uh, that just kind of sounds like uh, not just in the world of listening to music, but even when it comes to self care. Yeah, requires the discipline of listening, listening to our body, listening to what our mind is saying, listening to. Our- soul, our spirit, that whole practice of listening is yeah. so important. Oh. Uh, discipline of listening, the spiritual discipline of listening is so important. And so it kind of all comes full circle for me when I can say that um, the, the practices of listening that you learned as a child and listening to Black radio and listening to the songs and the story behind the songs. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's very powerful. So historically, um, uh, Dr. Alicia, traumatized people have managed their trauma through music. I learned that term through my son. Yeah. Yeah. So can you describe for us in what are some of the ways in which this has occurred? Yeah. So musicking is a term we get from the scholar Christopher Smalls, which indicates um, sort of a, a mutuality in uh, music uh, where there's the music making and listening. And at any given moment, we can be a participant in those ways. Um, yeah, traumatized people have made music to emote, to tap into um, uh, nostalgia. Nostalgia is such an important idea for us, particularly those of us who lead worship. Nostalgia is one of the most important components of worship that we tap into, but we don't often know that this is a feature we should account for. Those sentiments and the sentimentality associated with the memories that we attach to, to music we love. For example, I've been working on various documentaries um, um, and most recently was participating in a radio documentary for Stevie Wonder. And I was asked about 
uh, What Songs I Love by Stevie Wonder. And in my mind, he's my music minister. Okay. <laughs> um, and Isn't She Lovely was played on the radio that my uh, father worked at um, uh, when I was born. And okay. so when I hear that song, I think of my father, uh, me, you know, love I have for him. Uh -huh. um, nostalgia, that value, that um, sense of belonging and love, all is wrapped up in the memories associated with that song. And so when people are dealing with trauma, uh, nostalgia is a very useful tool for folks and their listening practices. Also for traumatized people, a useful musical term can be deep listening. Um, okay. This is a term that was proposed by Judith Becker um, in a book entitled Deep Listening. Um, again, these sort of active practices that have been named variously around the world by, you know, deep, uh, by, you know, um, thinkers, you know, uh, elders in our community talk about okay. you know, listening and listening well, you know, you better mind. These sorts of, of <laughs> listening practices are all throughout. <laughs> And did you hear me? Me, you didn't just hear the words coming out of my mouth. You heard all right. the meaning, that uh, everything. You heard what I said and what I didn't say, and how I said it, and yeah. how I said it. My facial expression and all, body language and all. Yes, yes. Yeah. Deep listening. Those are are musical resources that people tap into um, when dealing with loss, trauma. This, uh, long longing for home, um, yeah. and they um, are important tools that ministers, I think, could could really reflect on how they deploy nostalgia and deep listening um, as they seek to heal people and and um, provide therapy for people. Absolutely, so would that be what is used in music therapy? Yeah, I think I think there are several terms um, that folks have come up with to therapize music listening and making. Um, uh, yeah, absolutely. Music therapy is a white dominated field currently, even though we know um, how um, music making and listening is good for the soul. Um, there are people who may not assume um, the um, designation of music therapist or pursue formal training in it, but we do understand the medicine that is found yeah. in music that reminds us of who we are. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. So, so the month of May is National Mental Health Month. And so um, as an ethnomusicologist, what could you tell us about the role of music in our mental health? Absolutely. Um, I think when I think of the role of music in mental health, I think of how um, I think of Black radio. I think of um, WHUR, uh, Howard University radio, radio in my hometown of D.C. and how um, listening to the radio in particular um, in the Black radio tradition, 
gives us the opportunity to have the conversation. Okay. Whether it's dedicating a song to our, our boo. <laughs> and we might've just had an argument. We call into the radio station and there the whole community is brought into what we are trying to resolve through the dedication uh, of a song or um, the ways in which Black radio um, allows us to explore stress, the stress of uh, a demanding work week um, through songs that address those stressors. Mm -hmm. um, even the gospel music that we will find on the very same stations that allow us to praise, pray, as well as engage in active spiritual warfare, as we would say. I think Black radio is an unsung element of our self-care and our mental well-being, um, largely because it's a, a sonic clearinghouse for mm -hmm. our culture. Yeah. It's amazing because when we think about our music and we think about the songs, it's it's amazing how um our you know I'm thinking about um when we were going through the pandemic, right? Um when we when we first started going through the pandemic, when in 2020, when everything really shut down and we were sheltered in place and people were not, we weren't traveling, ministry, everything just stopped. And you know what was interesting? The thing, do you remember when, What which artist was it? Was it uh, D-Nice? Mm -hmm. DJ, yeah. DJ. Uh -huh. All of a sudden, he just decided to go on Instagram and start doing just a, a live thing. And all of a sudden, and it was like, people. it, it was almost like we came out of, you know how when I was growing up, I'm from Chicago. So um I remember block parties mm -hmm. when I was when I was growing up, where you know you had the whole neighborhood would come out for a party. When your whole your whole, you know what I'm saying? We don't do that anymore, but I'm telling my age here. So um, we had block parties where the whole community would come out and somebody would be playing music, we'd have food. Kids are running up and down the street, you know. We'd have ice, the ice cream truck would be coming by, and somebody would be serving ice cones and hot dogs, and the whole neighborhood was partying to, on the on the block party. Um, and that's what that was like for us. People just started coming online, and then all of a sudden, then that's when all of the verses, all the remember the and all the we didn't have all that before. Mm -hmm. so talking about the music, getting together around this music that was healing for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that was a whole phenomenon that opened up um, a new uh, way of, of curating musical experiences, um, largely because there was so much invested in live live concerts that when the pandemic hit, um, all of this anticipated income um, just dried up like overnight, literally. Mm -hmm. And he saw the opportunity to take the fine skills of a DJ art artist um, and translate them through the platform of Instagram story 
which um, only allowed people at that time to do one hour increments of uh -huh. streaming. Uh -huh. And, but in many ways, he just translated the tradition of the DJ as priest in the black culture to DJ as priest through social media. And by priest, I mean that person, um, like, um, What's that song? Uh, DJ keep playing that song. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, the uh, um, Donne, Yes. Uh, he he channeled those resources and those skills um, and brought the party to us. DJs are really good at learning how to keep the party going and going, just like live band artists are. Yeah, yeah, they are. Yeah. And they know the songs that get folks to lose themselves. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, the songs that make everybody get out on the floor. Yes, yes. You'll be at a party or at an event and everybody, you'll hear the music, but certain songs make us all come to the floor. Absolutely, absolutely. Get us to close our eyes, start to move with the music have no cares about who's around us yeah. um there, there's there are sophisticated terms like entrancing or trancing yeah. where mm -hmm. as you do the repetitive um interaction with the beat and and repeated phrases it no longer becomes a, an involvement but you become one with with the groove you become mm -hmm. one with it and your, foot, and your foot without even it's almost um autonomic you don't even think oh, yeah. about it. oh yeah yeah you lose yourself people say yeah. um yeah. and through the dj through that electronic music he or she taps into the memories that we associate with those songs from decades ago or that our parents listened to in their rent and take us right back there yeah yes. <laughs> happier times and so right. like when we were when we were in the pandemic and we list those moments those things and people started looking forward to it going online and it made us for a minute forget about that we're sheltered in made us for a minute forget about that you know we haven't seen our loved ones in months and and the things that we've had we had to endure during that season so i just think there's so much therapy that goes along with our music and self-care um i think you know a lot of times when we talk about self-care we don't include our music mm -hmm, mm -hmm. In, in that and that's why i wanted to have this conversation with you because I don't know how many, I know for me, a lot of times when I need to relax, there's certain musics that make me relax. Or yeah. when I, sometimes I don't want, I want to just have instrumental music on or certain types of instruments, wind instruments or string instruments that really, I don't, and, and you as an ethnomusicologist would know way more about scientifically what that does for us, but. And maybe you can speak to maybe what certain type of musics do for us um, sensory. Mm -hmm. or, am I saying that correctly? Yeah, yeah. Well, we know um, through anthropology that um, the musics that soothe you, calm you, or evoke particular 
um, emotions, it's it's subjective. So that means it has to do with your preference, your cultural context, okay, um, your um, history, whether or not this music uh, was a part of your your formation. Okay, uh, so it is relative. Okay. Um, uh, there, you know, there was that whole Bach for Babies movement, right? Where okay. it was supposed to be the music that intellectually groomed your child. But I, I would also say that Donnie Hathaway intellectually stimulates our children. Um, yeah. There's cultural um, relevance to exposing our children to a Donnie Hathaway or a Roberta Flack. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there there is a subjectivity that goes along with it. I, I think that um, we we should um, be very mindful uh, about how we expand ourselves through our listening practices, how we stretch ourselves and and try new sounds, um, not just for our pleasure, but so that uh, when we encounter new people we have the tools to have a sense of where they come from and what sonically um, uh, sounds great for them. Um, But yeah, it's a very um, relative thing. And particularly um, as people of color, um, there's been such a Eurocentric domination of Mm. what soothes and what calms Mm. um, to the exclusion of the musics like my mama singing to me. Yeah, or uh, my sister leading worship, like yeah. those sounds are much more familiar mm-hmm. and cozy mm-hmm. and soothing mm-hmm. than uh, a Chinese gong would be for mm-hmm. my neighbor. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing to bash the gong; it's just history, context, mm-hmm. uh, the memories associated with those things. Right, right. Um, now, having said that, there we can be introduced to sounds that we are unfamiliar with that resonate with us, and we share um, similar um, experiences. Uh, but I don't want to discount uh, what we already know to be okay. The that soothe us. Okay, that that's good, and I I just wanted to. I wanted to make sure that those that are listening, um, you know, I wanted to make sure that those that are listening understand that music, music has a role in our self-care. Oh, yeah. Um, And I don't know if that is often thought of when when we when we say self-care. A lot of times we're thinking more about, you know, exercising, eating healthy. maybe going to the spa or different activities that we engage in for self-care. But I, I want to make sure that we include our music in our self-care, whatever that is for you individually. Like you said, it's subjective based on our experiences, our age, age you know, but, 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 but I'm going to tell you something like my children, some of the stuff that my kids listen to, I'm, I got in my daughter's car one day and she was listening to Al Green. I love it. And I, I mean, she had a whole track of Al Green. And I said, what you know about Al Green? And she's 22. She, she said, my love is. I mean, we ride down the street. And, so, you know, they've gone back and gotten some of the music from my era that, you know, that really, it. really, really, you know, 
they like that the some of the stuff from era and so i i do think that some of the music transcend transcends our um age um generations mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and um and even some of it transcends our culture and so um yeah but i just want to make sure that those that are listening include music in their in their self-care practices well you know you prompt me to to design impromptu an assignment. Uh, we just got finished reading and Move and Shake Women, a peer mentorship group that my sister and I started, um, this book on the sacred principles of pampering. I think you saw the, the book. Yeah, I actually have the book with Sabrina, uh, Sabrina uh, Jackson Gandy. Yes, yes. And I had Sabrina. Um, Sabrina did tea time for me one, one, uh, one Saturday. She is phenomenal. Yes, and I, I like I like that she she challenges us to really think about the activities, involvements, things, people that bring just us joy. Okay. And so if I were to design an impromptu assignment to sonically pamper us, I, I would I would challenge uh, your listeners and viewers to consider creating a playlist in the spirit of a mixtape. Okay. Um, create a playlist, not about um, uh, who you are on your CV, not about who you are oh. in your bio, but who you are to yourself. You know, oh. it might start with, isn't she lovely? It might start, it might go into um, Anthony David's Amber. Amber is the color of your energy. You know, what is your soundtrack and ballad to yourself in oh, the selections where you really reboot yourself at the beginning and ending of your day? Uh, I'm not talking about your workout playlist because that has another function. But this particular playlist is your narratives about who you are to you. Yeah. And it centers your experience, your loveliness. I might even put mint conditions. Um, uh, the song I think is um, it starts with pretty brown eyes. You know, like okay. yes, uh -huh. the visual. Uh -huh. uh, you know, yeah, the experience of who I am. Yeah, yeah, I love that. So that's everybody that's listening. You hear this? This is our assignment. We are to do put together our playlist that centers around who we are to ourselves. So mm -hmm. I'm not really think about what music. Or what songs um really really I'm I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. And, and I think I think what we'll do is Dr. Alicia, I'm gonna have you come into tea time with Dr. Tony and let's do that with the ladies in tea yeah. time. Yeah, I would yeah. add Betty Carter's my favorite thing. Raindrops of roses and whiskers on kittens. I love the way she does that. You know, I love the Von Trapp family and sound of music. So it can tell your story, uh, a 12 track narrative of who you are to yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. That, that, that is, that's phenomenal. That I love it. I love it. Well, you just kind of gave us, you kind of gave me the answer to the next question I was going to ask you was, um, does your self-care care include different genres of music? And if so, what which genres? And so this your your answer, I mean your challenge to us kind of answers 
that question. Um, yeah. But if you can drill down just a little bit more, what genres of music really speak to Alicia? Yeah, I like, I like, and here I'm sh I'm showing my DC and Chicago uh, you know, vibe. <laughs> I like quiet storm music. I like, okay. yeah, I like um, New Jack Swing too. You know, give me some guy and some uh, some uh, uh, mint condition, as I mentioned. Uh -huh. um, but then also give me that kind of music that I can play at the 10 p.m. when it's raining outside, the wind is blowing, mm -hmm. and I am decompressing that you would find on those black radio formats. And it always is started with Smokey Robinson singing. Yeah. Fine song. Yes, love that music. I love that music. On any given day, there will be a different genre. But today, I'm about that new Jack swing and that quiet storm format. Okay. And I think for me, I'm probably in this stage of my life. I was looking at a clip of Gladys Knight, one of my friends, Dr. Renita Wings. She mm -hmm. put a clip of Gladys Knight, and Gladys Knight is 78 years old and still singing. And still giving fabulous uh, performances. You know, we had an experience, Bishop and I went to um, see Gladys perform in um, in Vegas. Mm. And, um, and when I tell you, we fell in love with each other all over again at that concert. I mean... And when she got to singing, neither one of us want to be the first to say goodbye. And I mean, just, you know, all those things. And what was interesting is the same feeling mm -hmm. that I that I, I found myself lifting my hands like I would in church. The same feeling that I have when I feel like I'm just serenading the Lord or the Lord is serenading, the spirit is serenading me. Yeah. It's the same feeling. And so I think Music, as my my son Jonathan says, music doesn't have a sacred or 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 or, or secular thing. It's labels that we put on it right. as people. But right. just to know that it, it 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 wherever it takes us, whether it's our classical music, you know, whether it's our R and B, whether it's your um, Smokey Robinson. Stevie Wonder, Michael yes. Jackson, come on. Yeah. You know, or whether it's who who's our artist today? Who's some of our uh more or if it's Smoky Norfolk or you know what I'm saying? If it's it's who who you want to listen to, who who you Mary J. Blige, you know, when I get on my on my um on my um Peloton bike, one of my my trainer that I work out with, my favorite one on Peloton. Uh, Tunde, he's a Nigerian girl. She plays so much Mary J. Blige. I have fallen in love with Mary J. Blige. Uh, just yes. riding on my, on my uh, Peloton bike. But, you know, but yeah, but whatever it is, I just think that I love your, your challenge to us, finding, developing that playlist that speaks to who we are. Mm -hmm. And maybe that playlist has to change based on the seasons Absolutely. that we're in or what we're experiencing. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I want to hear music that has with vocals, and then yeah. sometimes I just want the music with no vocals. Yeah. Sometimes I want to hear, uh, I want to hear foot thumping, 
hand clapping. Yes. You know, beats that's going to make me, you know what I'm saying? I want to do all of that. And then sometimes I just want to lift my hands. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think having a repertoire is important. Mm -hmm. I think, um, it, you know, we joke about vibe, but that's an actual thing. Yeah, it so is. Vibe, the vibration, the the charge of the music that we're listening to. Um, I even was reminded as you were talking that um, a part of my self-care and sort of self-retrieval in doctoral work was um, I went to support a, a sister who went to the same church as I, as she did yoga classes and mm -hmm. um, it helped me to to really think about mindfulness and deep listening, largely because of the mantras and uh -huh. um, the the internal scripts. Uh -huh. I needed to rework about my abilities and the divine in me. Mm -hmm. um, she facilitated a class that was a candlelight class. So it was at this time, it was, or it was, you know, uh, as dusk was emerging, it overlooked Chicago. Um, and uh, she played R&B music, but like that R&B music that it comes on around seven, uh -huh, uh -huh, uh -huh. where you where it's all about love, mm -hmm. you know, uh, romantic mm -hmm. love, you know, the serenade kind of music. Mm -hmm. um, and that was my introduction uh, to hot yoga, yeah. hot candlelit yoga, and I was much more receptive to that than the what I might describe as perhaps the music that is a part of yoga culture. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Um, having that facilitator with the music that helps me to unwind from my cultural context really made me enjoy and return the experience. Yeah. Yeah. Experience. Yeah. 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 And sometimes the music is not just what is external. It's also the music of our lives. What are yes. we saying to ourselves? What is our internal script? Yeah. How are we saying yes to ourselves? Yeah. How are we um, actively engaging the thoughts that are in our minds? Yeah. That's music too. Yeah. That is. That's, that, that reminds me of my whole thesis on harmony. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, harmonize your life. And I use music in my book. I use music as the metaphor for, for self-care. Mm -hmm. And the whole idea of harmony, bringing it all together. What sometimes on a musical score may not look like it go there, but you know what I'm saying? But the conductor knows how to make it or whoever's playing it or writing it knows how where everything needs to go, when it needs to go there and how it needs to come together. And that's the way I approach self-care you know, from, a, from a harmony mm -hmm. or perspective. And so... Um, having a musical background, I approach life from that from that vantage point, and so and self care. And I think this is so important that we include our music in our self care. And I appreciate you for helping us think through that, challenging us uh, along those lines, and and really um, helping us to think deeper and listen deeper, mm. deeply to ourselves and what music can do for us in our, in our self-care. I love it. Thank, Thank you so much. Thank you. But sis, I want to just let people know where they can um, 
where they can find you. First, let me just let them know that if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Harmonize Your Life Conversations on Self-Care for Women of Color podcast with Dr. Tony Alvarado. You can find us on uh, Apple, on Google, on Spotify. You can find us um, on YouTube. I want to put my YouTube information there. Go to my YouTube channel. If you are not subscribed to my YouTube channel, I want to encourage you to go there and subscribe to the YouTube channel. It will be a blessing in your life. But to do that, you'll be notified whenever we upload new episodes of the podcast. Go there and do that. And you help us with this podcast by subscribing and sharing the episodes after you've listened to them, sharing them with others. Because I know if it's blessing you, if you know it's blessing you, then it will also bless someone else. So go there to our YouTube channel and subscribe to it. I also want to encourage ladies to join the Harmonize Your Life Women's Self-Care Network. We have a network um, around self-care, health, wellness, fitness that uh, we have been doing now for two years. And so I want to encourage you to come on into the network, be a part of this self-care movement women of color that we have begun and we um we it's, it's things like these conversations that we're having today that we involve ourselves in and take time with dr tony and other aspects of the self-care network we give information inspiration motivation and we fellowship with one another and hold one another accountable for self-care in the network Listen, I want you to know that my fitness challenge in May, you know, y'all know I like to throw out a challenge every now and then. So the month of May is my birthday month. I got a birthday fitness challenge. Uh, go to my website at Dr. Tony Alvarado and join the fitness challenge. Come on, let's get fit together in the month of May. Listen, I want to get your help you get your beach body on. So when you get back out there, when you go back to the beach, you want to go back looking, not looking like you've been sitting down for two years, all right? <laughs> Summer is coming. Huh? Summer is coming. Summertime. <laughs> yes. 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 So, come on, get, get get with the fitness challenge. Go to my website, drtonyalvarado.com. You can find all of what I'm doing, the self-care network. You can subscribe to the YouTube channel there and you can join my fitness challenge there on my uh, on my website at drtonyalvarado.com. I also want to let you know that uh, our, our sister and our friend, Dr. Alicia Lola Jones, where you can find her, her website is dralicia.com. Do I have that right, sis? Yes, ma'am. Yes. You can go there, um, get her book. Tell us the book. You, we didn't talk about your book at all. Give us the name of your book. I'm going to put it, they can get it on... Um, I'm gonna type a banner while you're talking. Um, okay. It's it's flaming. Yes, flaming. You know, I got it near the computer. Okay. Flaming? Question mark. The peculiar theopolitics of fire and desire and black male gospel performance, and it is about blackness performance of gender and sexuality and gospel music following the trope of the flamboyant choir director. Okay, so black male gospel? Yes, performance. Performance. Performance or performer? Performance. Okay, I think I got it. I want to put it up there and they can get it on Amazon. They can get it 
Yeah, or through my website, Barnes and okay. Noble. Yes, if right. you get it through my website, I'm happy to sign a copy of it for you. Yes. All right, yes. so I got it there. Flaming the Peculiar Theopolitics of Black Male Gospel Performance, right? Yeah, the, the Peculiar me... Theopolitics of Fire and Desire uh -oh, in Black Male Gospel that. Performance. It's long, but... You know the allusions in it, you know, fire and desire, Rick James. Oh, yeah. <laughs> fire and desire. And yeah. black gospel performance. Yes. Okay. Okay. I got it. I got it. I want to put it up there right. All right. I think I got it. Is that right? Yes. All right, I got it right. Okay, I have the book. Bring the right way so they would know it. So if you're watching us on YouTube or you're listening to us on uh Spotify or Anchor, um the flaming question mark, the, the peculiar theopolitics of fire and desire black male gospel performance, and it's a groundbreaking work. Um, she's been doing a lot of interviews around it, a lot of teaching around it. And now you're over in Cambridge. Yes, yes. Teaching. I yes. mean, look at you. We're so this, proud of you. We're everywhere. And I y'all she's my soror too. So, yes. you know, so I have to mention that. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, Dr. Alicia, can you give us one last word of encouragement before we sign off? Yes. Make your life just like music. Find your groove. Don't grind. Find your groove and stay in it. Don't let anyone steal your joy. Um, and often that joy is enhanced with a robust musical life. So uh, be sure to design your life, harmonize your life, just like music. Wow. Just like wow. Just like music. Harmonize your life just like music. I couldn't have said that any better. <laughs> I couldn't say that any better. Thank you so much, sis, uh, for, for having this dialogue with us, encouraging us, and educating us on the role of music in self-care. I told you all you all were going, you're very welcome. I told you all you were going to be blessed by this week's conversation. Stay with us all month. We have so many more uh, dialogues that we're going to be having and got Five May has five Mondays. We already done one. We get this is our second one, and then we will have three more uh, coming to you this month. That will be a blessing as we are in season seven of the Harmonize Your Life podcast. See you next week for another intriguing podcast conversation. See you soon. Hi, this is Dr. Tony Alvarado, and I want to personally invite you to join the Harmonize Your Life. Women's Self-Care Network. Join us for fitness motivation, health and wellness information, inspiration, self-care strategies, and ideas for creating harmony in your life. As a certified health and wellness coach, it is one of my greatest honors to support women in their fitness, health, wellness, and self-care goals. Join the Harmonize Your Life Women's Self-Care Network, and we will do good for your journey.